Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Rectangle Health Podcast. We've got a great episode in store for you all today. We're joined by Rectangle Health's Chief Technology Officer, Mike Peluso, and we're going to be talking about how practices can increase the volume of patients they treat. Specifically, say yes to more patients who may need financial help to get the care they need. Mike, welcome to the show. Gary, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the conversation. All right, let's get right into it then. Um, Mike, given the current state of the economy, we're facing some new realities and challenges in healthcare specifically. You know, the cost for care continues to rise. The ability to afford care is harder than ever. So if we were to put the need for care on a scale against the ability to pay, we're looking at a heavy imbalance, right? Can you talk a little bit about that accessibility of care in the current landscape? Yeah, sure, Gary. Great, great question. And I, and I look at it from from a provider perspective, not necessarily from a patient perspective. Patients need care. That's why they're at the provider. That That's pretty obvious. But I think what, what people overlook is providers want to deliver care. Providers want to give care. There's nothing in the Hippocratic Oath that says a provider needs to balance the cost of care against actually delivering the care. All these providers, whether it's a physician, whether it's a dentist, they, they go to work every morning and they go to their office every morning. And, and their goal is to make someone better, to make someone feel better, whether someone's, you know, whether a better smile makes someone feel better or whether a surgical procedure to reduce your heart rate makes someone feel better. The providers want to be able to do that. So it's really hard for, for them to be able to weigh doing that against the cost. And, and that's probably why you see a lot of times in healthcare, people walk in, they get care and they kind of leave. And in that that's sort of that idea of, of being able to afford that care kind of gets overlooked because, again, the, the foundation of becoming a provider is being able to deliver care. What, what we try to do is eliminate barriers to care. There are certain barriers that don't allow that provider to care. And I think when you talk about the imbalance, you're really talking about, hey, providers, we know that you want to do all of this care. You wake up every morning. You want to make people healthier. You want to make people feel better. You want to make people live longer. Providers can do some pretty cool stuff. Um, so in able to do all that, what, what are the barriers that could be removed? So provider, you can just keep doing that. So if we look at everything from a 30K foot perspective, patients are more often pushing treatment off, maybe canceling, not even considering it due to that cost. And on the flip side, you know, providers' declination rates might, might be rising. And if we go back to that heavy imbalance on that scale, how can the industry move to increase the ability to pay, eliminate those barriers, like you said, and sort of level the playing field and ultimately reduce declination and say yes to care more often? Yeah. And Gary, another good question, a good follow-up. I, I think it allows the, we have to allow the patient to consume care, right? They, they have to be able to, to absorb it. The patient fully realizes I need a root canal or I need a cardiac procedure. And, and I think they fully realize, hey, it's costly. I, I could have a high out-of-pocket. I could have no insurance. I could be an elective. But, you know, I really want a better smile. How much does a better smile cost? I, I think the patients understand that they need the procedure. They understand there's a cost to the procedure. How can, how can we allow them to, to consume it? Again, there, there are a lot of expensive things out there in the world that, that people are able to consume um, because they, they want them, they have a need for them they understand it. When, when you think about how to consume it, 
again, presenting options to the patient. Maybe they have insurance. Maybe they truly can't afford it. And there's a government program that could cover it. Maybe they have an HSA. Maybe they have an FSA. What Rectangle is trying to do is, is facilitate more ways outside of that. When we think about some of our ways, like care now, pay later, or we think about some of our ways like patient financing, or even some of our ways like just paying at the point of care with a discount allows those patients to be able to, to consume the care, allows them to, to go, yep, I, I definitely understand there's an out-of-pocket responsibility. Provider, you're, you're giving me options to consume that care. I'm going to take option one, or I'm going to take option two, or, you know, I really want this. I'm willing to take a, an extended payment plan to be able to consume that care. So I think it comes down to being able to allow patients to become consumers. Healthcare is sort of an industry where, where that, that concept is still, still hard to adopt. But I think once we adopt it and once we understand it and once we, we put in programs, again, like the Care Now Pay Later one, which I mentioned, it allows the patients to become consumers. I'm remembering an offline conversation we had and you brought up a great analogy. Not many people walk into a dealership and buy a $30,000, $50,000 car outright in cash. The financing makes it possible for the customer to walk out with that vehicle to get to work, go to school, live their lives and be mobile. So why not in healthcare? So if we present a scenario, you're speaking to a provider, can be a dentist, vet, medical doctor, and they do not have that financing or re recurring payment option available. What would you say are the three biggest gains from immediate implementation of a program like Care Now Pay Later? And again, to kind of kind of go back to one of the previous questions, previous answers, it removes that bar barrier to care. It allows that that provider to talk freely about care because they have plenty of options to get the care. I was at a an eye doctor office the other day, and it was actually a surgeon. He had explained to one of his patients that it was it was time for them to get cataract surgery. So cataract surgery for for those of you that don't know, that's where they replace the lens on your eye. And he said to them, "Well, Medicare covers." the ability for you to see distance. But if you also want the new lens on your eye that will allow you to see up close, um, there's an extra fee for that. Who doesn't want the option to see up close? If you layer in that, that description and you say, okay, there's an option to see up close and we can, we can set up a way for you to have access to it. We can set up a way for you to pay for it. Um, so Medicare will cover the first part and the office has a payment plan for the second part. Almost not, you know, again, the conversation was, well, the second part isn't covered. Well, obviously the second part isn't covered, but the second part is so much better than the first part. Everybody wants to see far away and up close. But when you frame that conversation to say, well, far away is covered, up close, not covered. Rather than going far away is covered, up close, we have options. We may be able to bill your secondary insurance. We may be able to spread it out over a payment plan with Care Now, Pay Later. We may be able to give you a discount if you can pay in full today. Um, there's there's a lot of different ways to frame up that conversation. And again, you're removing that barrier. I think the second thing that happens when you remove those barriers is providers are allowed to do more care. Again, the first part of the conversation or the second part of the conversation was, hey, that's not covered. So immediately the patient's going to go, well, I don't want it. As opposed to, hey, you can have the 
the up close vision and the far away vision, we can work out some payment terms. Now that provider is actually doing more surgery. They're actually doing more of that upgraded procedure. So it, it drives actually more business to the provider. And then I, I think the last one is, is just the overall patient experience. You don't want to read a Google review that says, I went to Dr. XYZ and he said the cataract for, for seeing things closer up wasn't covered. You want to read a review that says, I went to Dr. XYZ and they said the cataract for, or the cataract lens, the new lens for seeing something up close was part of the process or was, there was a way that I could get it. Not that it just wasn't uncovered. So you want to remove those negative reviews. You want to have positive reviews. If you put a positive spin on giving patients more options, if you put a positive spin on, on removing those barriers to care, you're overall going to get good feedback from your patients. That's amazing, Mike. And I keep keep kind of going back to that balancing act of needing care and being able to financially make it happen. And with Care Now Pay Later, like a program like Care Now Pay Later, it's not just the financing, the recurring payments. It's going to bring that imbalance back closer to that equilibrium. And it's benefiting both sides, patient and provider, right? So last question, in a perfect world, what does the patient payment landscape look like to you? Um, you, you want to be able to get that balance that you just mentioned and, and care now pay later certainly helps in a perfect world. It's where all this is, is standard and accepted. It's, it's a lot like your car dealership example. We all go into the car dealership. Most of us aren't walking in with, with a duffel bag full of cash to pay for the car. We, we all go in fully knowing that the car dealership is going to say to us, Hey, the car is X thousands of dollars, but we can break it into monthly payments for you. In the car dealership, we're also all okay with the car dealership trying to upsell us on something. Oh, yeah, I do want power windows and power locks. Of course you want power windows and power locks. Everybody wants those. Well, it's an extra $5 a month. Okay, that, that's not so bad, rather than it's an extra $5,000 option, you know, whatever the conversation may be. But when we think about healthcare, we have to make these types of conversations part of the process. We have to let patients know that financing is part of the process, that card on file is part of the process, um, that text to pay, you know, text to pay is a good option, is part of the process. In that perfect world, I think all of these things become mainstream. Card on file, again, for any of us that have a Netflix membership, it's you can't sign up for Netflix without putting a card on file. It's mainstream. It's okay. It's understood. We have to bring that into healthcare and we have to make that part of healthcare. And, and even care and I'll pay later, a financing program, that can be part of healthcare. Um, high cost procedures, lack of insurance, the ability to get elective procedures, these items aren't going away. Okay, they, they're definitely here to stay. So we have to bring in the barrier removals that we talked about, the ability to sort of just deliver more care. We have to bring those in and make them mainstream. And, and in a perfect world, um, and I think it will come. A lot of these these items will be mainstream. Again, at, at one point in time, a $5 copay was pretty mainstream. Today, we, we've never heard of a $5 copay. They're all $50 copays or deductibles or coinsurances. So I think over time, the, these types of tools that are mainstream in other areas, almost in every other area where we're a consumer, will become part of that patient provider experience. Thanks so much, Mike. And that's that's it, right? You just hit it, hit the nail on the head. It's normalizing these conversations and making them a part of the healthcare consumption process. Um, I just want to give our listeners an opportunity. If anybody's interested in learning more about Care Now, Pay Later, follow the link in the description below. And I invite you to have a conversation with our practice solutions consultants who can take you through the details of the program, how it can increase your cash flow, make for happier patients healthier patients, and ultimately it leads to increased loyalty and retention. 
Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Really appreciate your insights and look forward to having you on the show again soon. Thank you, Gary. It was fun. Before we wrap up, I want to remind everyone you can tune into the Rectangle Health Podcast on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and on our site at rectanglehealth.com forward slash podcasts. Till next time, everybody.